0: Hello, hello, welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the marketing show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Get ready to learn and laugh. Here we go with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Social Media Examiner. We are live. Hello, hello. And welcome. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for coming on. This is Graham and Curie Bloom with Shelter to Soldier. How are you today?
1: We're good. Doing really well. How are you doing?
0: Good. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast. So this is episode 55, Double Nickels, today. And as I was explaining to Curie and Graham, we do every other show. We do live on Facebook, and then we pull the audio from the video uh, onto the podcast, but we also like to do it here on Facebook and it'll be put onto YouTube. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Shelter to Soldier and the reason why I wanted to do this show. So we're, it's a marketing podcast, right? And I've always wanted, nonprofits are like near and dear to my heart. This organization is near and dear to my heart. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, how I got introduced to them. I've been wanting to talk about nonprofit marketing. And with COVID-19, it's, it's definitely an uncertain time, I think, for all nonprofits. And so I thought now would be a good time to, first of all, share the word, the good word about this organization, but then also to talk about how they're doing their marketing and how they're kind of getting through this time right now. This show is sponsored by my company, Powers of Marketing. We provide strategic marketing, communication, development, execution, and training for small to medium-sized businesses. All right. So shelter to shoulder. I always have a hard time saying shelter to soldier. I was doing so well. And then (laughs) I get tongue tied. They rescue dogs from shelters. They train them to be service dogs. And then they pair them with post 9-11 combat veterans to help them live a full life. And actually it's almost exactly two years ago. Like to the week that I got introduced to your organization, or well, not that I got introduced, but that I went to your the event that benefited you guys. It was at Ailesmith, right? It was the oh, yeah. yeah the charitable foundation, the Berkshire Hathaway, Mark Stewart. I ran into Mark and Carla at the airport, and I had just left my nephew's funeral, and it was just super random that they were like leaving the Caribbean, and we ended up on the same flight out of Denver. It was wild, and I felt like it was just like God put them in front of me when I needed it. And uh, when I heard that you guys support veterans and my nephew was a Marine, that for me, I was like, yes, I'd love to help. How can I help? Um, And then I became VP of communication for MPI, San Diego chapter of meeting professionals international. And then within my purview is the charitable element. So I thought I have to recommend them. And then you got picked for a second year, which has never happened before. Super exciting. So I love you guys. And I um, actually, when I was doing my test for this yesterday, my friend Bob was on and he said, oh, you're still working with them. he said, because the last time I saw him was at your event, which is crazy. So two years ago, wild. But I would love for you both to just talk a little bit about how you started this foundation and tell us a little bit about yourselves and kind of your backgrounds and stuff.
2: Yeah, we both are incredibly passionate about dogs and dog rescue. I think you know the, the key is that dogs are voiceless and through the domestication process we've made them dependent upon us and so now it's our responsibility to do everything we can as people to be there for them no matter what it takes and so i've spent the last 20 years in the animal rescue and nonprofit world in, in animal rescue and curie is rescue dogs and she's the the gal that will stop and like literally herd a dog if it takes her an entire night to get a, dog, a stray dog on the street into her car. And so we we're both just dedicated to that mission. Our other co-founder, Chris, I helped work with her dog. She had some behavioral issues with her own dog and, and we met and formed a relationship. And then that process led to, we know dogs need help, but we also have this special skill set in dog training. And not only were we doing rehabilitation and obedience, we were training dogs for service dogs, for civilians and for veterans many years ago in the for-profit world. And it just got really tiring and exhausting um, and really sad, to be honest, seeing veterans come in with paperwork and they present the paperwork to you and show you, hey, here's my letter of recommendation. And you'd see this like glimmer of hope and smile and positivity. And I have this letter. And a lot of people felt like that was the, the magic pill was this letter. And of course, we would take the letter and say, okay, good. That's one step of the process. The other step is finding a dog and training. And that involves a huge financial investment. I can't tell you how many people I watched walk away to say, oh, well, another door closed. You know, I thought I was going to be able to get help. But now you're just telling me it's there, but I can't afford. It. So we talked at home and, and we talked together with Chris. The three of us had many uh, lunch meals and discussions and really recognized that if we have the skill set, We have the passion and desire. We have the community behind us already and what we were doing in the training world already. Why not try to donate these dogs? And if we're going to donate working service dogs that are properly trained, why not all homeless dogs in the process? So it's always been twofold. You know, our mission is saving lives two at a time. And that comes from the rescue element of the dogs and the veterans in need. And it really came together. I mean, we talked, it, it didn't take long. Out that this was the mission. This was the passion. We threw around ideas of rescues and not that there, there's not a need for more, but there are a lot of great rescues out there. And there wasn't a lot of this. So we decided to do something different where there was a, a huge need. I had a client give me a magazine and on the front cover of it, it was titled One a Day. And that was a point for us where I left my last job prior to opening and starting all of this, one a day. And I thought, well, what's this? And it was an article back in July of 2012 that said and stated that there was one veteran a day taking their own life. And one was enough to make the decision to start this nonprofit. But later we learned that was very wrong and incorrect data. And the Department of Veteran Affairs released updated information that, in fact, at the time, it was 22 veterans a day. We just looked at it, the numbers in 2018. 6,317 veterans took their own lives in one year, right? And we knew the, the euthanasia statistics of dogs as well. So I'm not a born patriot. I was born in Johannesburg, South Africa, moved to Canada and finally became a citizen of the U.S. So for me, I had to kind of learn and earn my patriotism. And I trained a lot of dogs that had come back from war zones in Afghanistan. They were stray dogs that needed rehabilitation. And that was another piece of the birth of the story. And Curie has just, you know, always been incredibly passionate about both, supporting those that serve. I don't know if you have your own personal stories and how this affected you in your life. but
1: Yeah, no, we had talked for years about just opening up a sanctuary of some kind or doing something with animal rescue. And so over time, we just realized that with his skill set and training dogs, it just seemed like a perfect match to give back to the veterans who so bravely protect us every day. So
0: Yes, amazing. And what year was that that you guys founded? 2012. Okay. And do you know how many graduates you've had? How many have you paired 32. so far? Awesome. Yeah, so awesome. 30,
2: 32 graduating teams, but we also have 21 dogs in for training currently. Roughly half of them are matched with veterans. And we've rescued uh, or adopted over 70 dogs. Now.
0: Okay. And are all the dogs that are in training, are they all fully funded already? Or Okay. Wow, that's remarkable. Okay. That's exciting. Oh, I love hearing that. Okay. All right. I love your marketing. And I think the best thing that you do is video. Obviously video is like hot in social media. You know, we we talked about this a little bit earlier, but, and it's cause it tells us it's, you can tell a story so much better with video than you can just with, with words. And you've had some support. Do you, do you have a more, do you have a current video guys? I'd love to share it in the show notes. I'll share it with MPI too. Do you have a, a recent video that you've, you've put together that shows more of the current situation? Yeah,
2: we have two uh, fairly recent videos that were sponsored and, and very well done sharing current statistics, as well as, you know, where we're at as a program.
0: And, and Jen Cole, thank you, everyone who's watching. I appreciate. Got a, a decent group with us. And Jen asked if this is just local or if you're working nationally. So I told her you're you're local only. Is there any like big view of taking this nationally or having like chapters or something elsewhere in the in the country? Or
1: so no, still no. Now we are adopting dogs throughout San Diego and Los Angeles counties, and we serve veterans throughout Southern California. And actually, I don't know if you know, but Los Angeles is the number one population of veterans in California, and San Diego is number two. So, we are definitely making an impact on veterans in California. And then I'll let Graham kind of share what are going or making our services accessible nationwide.
2: And very careful process to grow at a healthy rate. I think, like any business, whether it's nonprofit or for-profit. You want to have the infrastructure and, and growth plates in place to be able to care for the animals that we have, maintain a, a high level of standard of, of client care and communication as well. And so at the moment, we have a wait list and, and veterans waiting in line as it stands just for Southern California. We have some growing to do. We expand nationwide. That being said, we have released some preliminary information and to go nationwide. Um, our goal is to do it in a, in a way that keeps overhead low and keeps us local, where veterans come to us. Programs out there that have built like beautiful homes for veterans to come to them, uh, and they're doing great work. The concept that we have is a little different. Most of those that we serve aren't necessarily going to be very comfortable around others, especially strangers. So our goal is to acquire land and build tiny homes. And we will fly in veterans from out of state, and they will live in their own private small space in a tiny home with their dog for a period of of 10 to 15 weeks, 10 to 16 weeks. So somewhere in the two and a half to four month range where they go through a full-time training program and then they fly their dog home once graduated and it works and and it is a dream. And I, I believe it will become a reality given where we were to where we are, but it gives them a privacy of their own space. It would be near our headquarters. And, you know, we're really going to target underserved areas. There's a lot of underserved areas across the U.S. that veterans are having to drive, you know, three to sometimes 10 hours just to get to a VA clinic or hospital, let alone a a service like this. Right. So, uh, and we're talking to airline partners. We've had some interest from uh, supporters of ours. Uh, Alaskan Airlines has already been supporting us through gala donations and, and other items along the way. And so we're in talks to just see what we can do to expand it. It's a dream. I do believe, like I said, it'll be a reality. But at the moment, we are focusing on our core services that are currently in place, which is Southern California. Uh, and sadly, the need is already so great here that mm-hmm. we've got some growing to do.
0: Right. But that's amazing. I love hearing that. I got goosebumps.
2: Yeah, it's um, fun. It's exciting. It is.
0: Yeah. And that's new to me, too. I like, think the last time we talked about it, like that wasn't even, or you were ready to talk about it at least. Um, yeah. We were, yeah. love it. Fantastic. Well, I'm curious too, Kira. your your background being in, you have a bachelor's in Spanish language and literature and biology and a master's degree in nutritional sciences. Something tells me you didn't know this is the route you were going to go. <laughs> Definitely
1: not. So yeah, so I, in undergrad, I studied biology, mostly pre-med was kind of my oh, okay. Um, path and then just had some personal medical family things go on. And I just didn't really feel like that was the calling for me and just really got more interested in the preventative side of things. So I pursued my master's degree in nutritional sciences. And during that time, I worked with WIC and did a lot of grant applications with them. And I just kind of realized that I was good at, you know, applying for funding and reaching out for support and, and that sort of thing. So it was a nice, nice fit. And then, you know, just Starting this mission together, I was able to apply that skill set and helping us stay organized, forward moving. And he focuses more on the dog training side, and he's really good at talking. So he's really <laughs> good at PR piece and media. So it's just kind of a great partnership.
2: Yes, yeah. amazing. she was out there, you know, doing published research and, and traveling, doing incredible presentations on nutritional sciences and the impact. But it, I think it all goes in line with her heart and care preventative medicine as a whole. Right. And this is both, you know, an informal therapeutic treatment process and in some cases a precursor or or a prevention to further issues uh, and mitigation of those. And so yeah, she's a lot of the brains behind the machine.
0: (laughs) I love it. Okay. So since we've been talking, Mark Stewart came on. And said hi, and hey, Megan. Hey. <laughs> and then my friend Vanessa asked if people can donate airline miles to you, yes, to your organization. Yes, yes. okay, and sort out more. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get that there. info from you and I'll put it in the show notes when we publish it. So, yeah, that's good. I think because she was just saying she's got so many miles and she's not going anywhere.
2: <laughs> so, yes, um, one thing to bring up is we have veterans that graduate, uh, sometimes move out of state, typically for, for financial reasons, to be away from you know the high cost of living in California. Right. And one of our graduates, his dog and is getting a new dog, and we need to fly out and support his new dog. Mm-hmm. And so these things come up. And if it's not supported, it's hard dollars that the charity has to come up with. Whereas if we, you know, airline miles or some form of donation, that would go a long way absolutely. So thank you for the mention. Yes, thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'm curious how you approach your marketing both, you know, cuz with nonprofits, obviously you want to raise money, but you always, you also want to raise visibility. And we've talked about this in your, you know, attending MPI functions. Somebody's not always going to open their wallet, but for every person who learns about you, they tell someone else, undoubtedly. I mean, I know I've told a, a million people and there's a reason you're on this show right now because I want people to know about you. So how do you approach approach it? I mean, is it, is it both for visibility and for fundraising or does the fundraising is it just a byproduct of the great marketing that you guys are putting out there?
2: No, it's definitely both. And obviously, part of our visibility is also to reach veterans. the veterans and the client need. You know, So it's it's a combination of making sure that our visibility is enough out there that while we're getting direct referrals from VA hospitals, clinics, centers, um, those in the mental health sector referring clients to us, veteran clients to us, that's a big piece of of the marketing to let them know we're here to help and we're going to answer the call. Uh, As far as fundraising and visibility, it's definitely a combination effort of um, making sure that as many people out there know and shouting from the rooftops. When we first launched, we launched a a corporate giving program um, that allowed corporations and companies to sponsor a dog. And we've maintained that process and program. We found it's one of our most functional programs that we have in place. uh, Because we understand that, I think it was an article we read actually, Gosh, about six, seven years ago, that was it was stated. The research probably read as well over 70% of people are likely to support if there's a give back or a charity partner associated to the work that you do.
0: You cut and, out a little. Was that 70%?
2: Yeah, over 70% was okay. the statistic that we read that's that shared. That if your organization or company has a philanthropic component that the consumer's more likely to pick pick you because there's so many competitors to choose from, they're gonna pick something that's near and dear that makes an impact.
0: Right, especially the younger generation. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. it's Gen Xers and I'm sorry, Gen Z and and millennials also they want there to be a charitable component with anything they get involved with. It's amazing the uh, actual experience economy sort of that also is developing from young people. Yeah, and so, so we targeted sense. that.
2: We we made an, a concerted effort to show the value added proposal that our charity could provide these for profit entities by becoming a partner of Sheltered Soldier. And if you can rack for X amount and sponsor a dog, there's an entire marketing campaign that comes with the sponsorship of the dog. And, and the companies have really enjoyed these partnerships. You know, it's grown. We started with our very first corporate sponsor was Schubach Aviation, owned in Henry Schubach at the time. And, you know, it's a private jet charter that saw us on a local news station and said, hey, I want to talk to you. And again, that's power of sharing the message that one person made a huge impact and paved the way for other sponsors uh, going forward. So one of our big pieces of marketing is, is really following through on what we promise to do with whether it's ha- having the corporation name the dog. Uh, we have some organizations like the Petco foundation. They just did a naming contest for the third or fourth time where they're engaging their followers on Facebook and Instagram to name the dog that they entered. Nice. And then they follow the entire year and a half long journey. So it's, it's got legs. It's got a, very marketable program. And as you said earlier, video and space tell telling impactful messages and stories that other ways, maybe just through verbiage doesn't. And so now we have these images of a dog that was once homeless, and now is in train as happier. And then we have the images of them meeting and matching a veteran. And then we have the images of the graduation. And it's a very marketable approach for both entities. We do well by it in the charity sector, and the company does well by it by having a, a neat storytelling piece to their branding campaigns that they're running. So that's been one of the big pieces that we have in place. We're also very fortunate that we got approved almost eight years ago for the Google grants, the Google pay-per-click advertising. So here we're getting you know free pay-per-click. It has to be managed, of course, and we've got a great marketing team that does that, but that's a lot of online visibility. And our, our local news and radio partners, we have been... So blessed and supported therapy. by all of them. I mean, Jagger and Christy at Magic 92.5 started this mm-hmm. off as our original radio team where we helped rescue a dog together. And that dog later became a service dog. And none of us thought that was necessarily the path it was going to take. So, so many different supporters that have gotten behind us in that realm to, to tell our mission. But those yes. have kind of been some of the key marketing strategies. And, you know, it really is. It's about visibility and and follow through and what we can add as value to those that are supporting us.
0: For sure. What's the channel that you get the most activity on social wise?
1: It's in the way you define activity. So social media, we reach a lot more people Mm -hmm. and we've got so many supporters there. Instagram is our strongest. Okay. Um, But then, you know, Red Star sponsorships, which is our, you know, high giving, We've got a great partnership with French and Coast Magazine. We've gotten a lot of sponsor exposure there and, and the news. I mean, there's,
2: him. you know, like CBS 8 did a, a year-long campaign yeah. with one dog following that journey. And it's the amount of people that watch a Fox News hour, it, the impact is is incredible. So yeah, it's all measurable based upon the different impacts it have, whether there's direct revenue and income or, or just sharing the mission. Grants, of course, you know, I think a lot of the foundations that we have to reach out to and apply for. That's research-based, but there's a lot that have approached us based on marketing efforts that wouldn't have known about us without word of mouth or other people knowing. And so that comes all the way back to marketing and, and spreading and sharing the mission.
0: Right. So you mentioned Google. Do you do any paid on social media or is it all organic?
2: We do. We do boosting and some paid marketing uh, for specific campaigns.
0: Okay. So I have been seeing, I know you have an, uh, I think you have an event page for the gala. And so this kind of goes into my next sort of question about in this time of, you know, this COVID-19 crisis, have you decided what's your plan? So it's planned for August, right?
1: Yeah. August 22nd. And currently it's still still a go for a physical in-person experience, but are certainly, you know, planning a backup plan for a virtual experience. If The venue is the Inner Ranch Santa Fe, so it's all outdoors, which is really nice, on huge lawns, so that's a huge plus for that.
2: Um, it was almost serendipitous. I mean, yeah, we, we moved is. locations, the We've Hyatt's been at been the great. Hyatt in
1: their ballroom for years, and they're doing renovations this year in our gala month, so we changed venues and um, chose this gorgeous outdoor venue. So, yeah, it is serendipitous.
2: To be in an outdoor space and to be able to control distancing and, and mm-hmm. spacing tables out and there's lots of options for us to make sure safety's there but that we do have backup options uh, in case things change but
0: uh, and the safety
1: right. of our guests is super important to us so Absolutely. we would never you know try to push the envelope with that at all
0: right of course so in terms of goals for the year do you have your head around yet how this is effect, going to affect you long term this this pause that we're all experiencing
2: well, we know already as far as hard numbers, we've lost uh, a commitment of $130,000 in funding that we know of. And that's that's an immediate concrete number. We know that that will probably grow, unfortunately, but those are foundations or programs that planned on supporting our efforts and no longer can based on their own personal challenges. Right. And so what we're doing is we're getting creative and adapting like everybody else. We're recognizing now that now more than ever, power in numbers is important so we, we've just created a monthly, we've had a monthly giving campaign with automatic monthly debits, uh, but we're now reaching to, to hope for uh, 5,000 monthly contributors at any level so that we have the sustainable growth. But now people can give $1 to $10 a month and a lesser impact on the individual, but a larger amount of people will recover some of that funding that we've lost and have it be sustainable. So we we have made adjustments internally to you know, make some adjustments to lowering costs for the months ahead so that we can maintain the program at the level that it's at. And right now we're being very positive. Yes, we've had huge impacts. We know that it's going to be a bumpy road and a challenging road, especially the fundraising side. But then again, we just had an amazing giving Tuesday. Now we raised just under $7,000 and While that's not nearly close to enough in one day in a 24-hour period, that showed us a huge ray of hope and and sunshine on um, how much we have grown as a mission and impacted our community and how many people know about us and believe in us. That really gave us the additional fire to say, you know, no matter what happens, we're going to get through this because we have an incredible community of people like yourself and the Mark Stewart's on the line and and others that have supported us for Mm. years that, that we know they'll share with anyone they can. And someone in that net will be able to step up and help, or everyone might be able to in a smaller capacity. So we're planning for it. We know it's going to be different, but we feel good. We're, we're confident. We're way too passionate about what we're doing right now to let anything happen.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, in the small donations, even I, my business has taken a hit, but that's even, that's like something I would totally do because small amounts, like, yeah, it's a, that's a no brainer um, for me to commit to something like that. I love it.
2: Yeah. And you imagine if we can get, you know, we already have hundreds of online donors donating monthly automatically and somewhere between five and $25 a month. And if we can get tens of thousands over the course of years doing five dollars becomes sustainable without the need of, uh, you know, the outside large donations and those donations can be used for growth and further, furthering other projects. So uh, right. you were going to say something in regards to the fundraising.
1: I was just going to say that the need right now with COVID-19 for veterans is at an all time high because they're really struggling right now with job loss and isolation. And they're the symptoms of post-traumatic stress and anxiety, depression that they struggle with already are way worse all the uncertainty that they feel right now so I think it'll be the community that will need to come together in so many ways to kind of lift them up during this time and I think people are you know seeing that
0: Yep. yeah for sure I can't even imagine I know how I feel and I haven't been through what they've been through so wow that's amazing okay so and um, Vanessa asked how much are the tickets for the gala
1: we are kind of putting together all of those details for okay all, but we should have them probably by the end kind of trying to get really moving and grooving on that right?
2: You know, we can share last year's numbers and our hope was to be around you know, a very a very similar dollar amount, but last year tables tables of ten started at twenty five hundred.
1: Uh I think two thousand. Two
2: thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so between two and two hundred and fifty dollars a ticket, which you know it's an exquisite evening. So not only do you under the stars at the end at Rancho Santa Fe and have music by and, and delicious food and, and awesome special speakers, but obviously that money's not just going uh, to the food in your belly, but to, to impact you. So okay. we will be releasing the gala information shortly. And I think the big thing will be the parentheses following subject to change. Right. But the hope is that we can marketly really start uh, producing ticket sales for that because that's a huge piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. getting people in the seats. And the right. other side we've been impacted by with the gala, I didn't think about when this all started. And then later mm-hmm. on, Curie recognized, was that donation item for auction. You have a silent auction, an opportunity drawing, a live auction, companies are, are going to have a tough time. They're going to have a really yeah. tough time giving for these auction items. But again, we have long-term relationships and there's a marketing component that people are going to need to market and continue to brand. They can't just stop marketing one day. I think that's going to make sure that you know people do are, are able to contribute those great items to allow us to have an auction.
0: Well, in destinations and hotels, they're probably going to give it for a longer period. of Like you have two years to use it or something. And, sure. and the destinations are, they're going to want people traveling. So right. the fact that they can help do something good and they can get people to their destination who, you know, they'll spend more than whatever, the, you know, from what they got, you know, they'll stay more nights or they'll, you know, the local yeah, spend exactly. and all that kind of stuff. So, but you're right. Yeah. That's like curveball <laughs> and all Thank that. You. But I see them still. Still giving that, so that's amazing. Okay, so I say this every time: it goes so fast. <laughs> the thirty minutes goes so quick. So tell our viewers and listeners um, one how they can support you um, in terms of donating or volunteering. So we talked a little bit about the already about the like the monthly, and so I'll get a link from you, or I can you know find it in terms of volunteering. What's kind of your need there? in a normal time, let's talk like time, yeah,
1: you. Yeah we have an amazing team of volunteers that helps us with our events. We usually do between two and four events every month in the community. And that's a chance for us to do like pop up our merchandise table and get some great donations that way. And so we have a volunteer list for people who want to help us with that. And that's obviously on pause right now. So, so yeah, anybody who is interested in volunteering, reach out. We'll we're going to get creative with our team over the next few weeks and try to get some support rally behind our missions to find new ways to support.
2: Yeah. And we will be looking to grow that gala committee. Right. So anyone that wants to help secure donation items, right. shoot us an email and Curie will gladly put you to work right. because again, it's going to be harder to get those items. So if one person can get one or two items, but if mm-hmm. we have a committee of 20 people, then we'll have enough items and right. everyone knows someone that might be able to help in that process. And then, yeah, yeah, signing up for newsletters, just stay in touch. Yeah, signing up
1: for our newsletter is huge because we have so many great stories there and lots of call to action. So, whether you can donate $5, or you have time to donate, or you're interested in events down the line later in the year, it's just a great source of information and support there. And they can do that on our website. It's the Stay Updated on Our Mission tab.
0: Okay. It's hard to produce this and engaging with people and put pasting in links and stuff. So I'll add that link once we get off. And of course, I'll include it in the show notes on the podcast. And that's actually an ask. That's something that we might be able to put forth to our membership as well. If any people who are part of the of MPI, if they have any donations that they're able to make, that's, that's a way that, that they can help. So I love that. Well, thank you both for taking some time out of your day and your beautiful backyard. And I love that There were dogs barking throughout. That was like, perfect. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Of yeah, all the shows.
2: Zone over here.
0: All right. This yeah, is it. like, this is exactly the perfect kind of show for that to happen. I mean, and you know how it goes these days too. People have their kids are like asking oh, yeah. them questions in the middle of meetings and <laughs> it's the wild, wild, west anyway. So.
2: Yeah, all right. Well, I we appreciate, appreciate it, Megan.
1: it. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you.
2: And hello to everyone that's watched and uh, and that has continued to support us along the way, we really appreciate it. You know, always have, but again, now more than ever. So, thanks, thanks for your time and putting us our mission out there.
0: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. All right, guys. So thanks to everyone who on the live. Thank you. If you're watching the replay or listening to the replay or listening on the podcast, we love you. If you take a minute to to rate and review us, we would love that too. (laughs) All right, y'all. This has been episode 55 of Making a Marketer and we will catch you next time.